Are you ready to elevate your taste experience? Look no further than Mad Picks, the home of the sweet heat jalapeno and cucumber. Our pickled jalapenos and cucumbers add a satisfying crunch and tangy flavor to any dish. From sandwiches to tacos, nachos to burgers, the possibilities are endless. Whether you're a fan of sweet, heat, or bulk, we've got the perfect pickles for you. Indulge in the sweet, heat, jalapeno, and cucumber from Mad Picks. Visit mad-picks.com today. Go ahead, take a bite, and let the flavors dance on your tongue. Good morning, fuckers, and welcome to another day at the Daily BM. Mikey is in the house. What's going on? Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome to the Daily BM. I don't think I'm ever going to get over you coming in like this now. (laughs) Hey, everybody, what's going on? It's Mike. I am so happy to be here. You know what I think of when you come in like that? What? Okay, do you remember the movie Dodgeball? Oh, God, it's been so long since I've seen that movie. Yes, I do know it, but it's been a while. There's a scene, and you're going to know this right when I do it. I feel like... Okay, so who's the next one up? Justin, come over. And he goes, woo I'm happy to be here. I'm super psyched. You know, the cheerleader guy? Yeah, yeah the little cheerleader <laughs> guy, yeah. You doing that goes through my head every damn time you come in like that. I'm, really? I'm here. I'm super psyched. I'm ready to go. All right, so let's pick up Alicia over here. And she comes strolling in. Woohoo! <laughs> he has to pick her up over his head. Yeah. <laughs> I think of that every time you do that, man. I do not know why, but it always just strikes me funny. Um, so I'm, just, anyway. I'm just trying to give Dan, our favorite listener, his best listening experience. <laughs> You're never going to leave this guy alone, are you? <laughs> You're just never going to leave it alone, are you? I don't know. It's funny. I, I find it funny. I hope Dan finds it funny. <laughs> Dan, if you're out there, I hope you're fun. I hope you find it funny. If not, just write in and I'll stop. Or if you stop listening, I'll never know. So <laughs> it's just. Yeah. Just the way it is. Stop it, man. You're stressing me out. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why am I stressing you out? You stress me out. <laughs> That's one of my skill sets. Speaking of stress, it's so funny that you just said that because that's the topic that I kind of wanted to talk about today, uh, stress management. All right. And maybe, and maybe some different techniques on how to handle it um, or how not to handle it. <laughs> we've yeah. all been there I, I can tell you i've done that not handled stress very well in my past or even present at times yep for sure really yeah so you know it's funny because um i know it's a topic that we hear a lot about stress stress mm-hmm. stress but right. but it's a real thing <laughs> yeah you know it goes back to you know, back to the time when we were living in caves and we were going out into the woods trying to find food and not die, you know, come back every day with a meal and try to feed the tribe. In the past, all of our stressors, most of our stressors were physical, like probably 99% of stress was physical. You know, am I going to get eaten by the the lion, the tiger, the bear? Oh my, um, you know, am I, I going to starve? Am I, am I going to starve to death? I see what you did there, but go ahead. You can really get, you know, your body could develop its fight or flight mechanism to where you stand. You're like, okay, am I going to stand my ground or am I going to get the hell out of Dodge depending on what the problem is. But as technology has advanced us as a species, we've kept that reptilian brain of fight or flight, Mm -hmm. but it's not – I don't think it's serving us as well in today's modern age because there's so many situations that we create in our head that create stress that we have no physical outlet for. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're going into a meeting and yes, you have the ability to probably run away or, you know, fight your boss, you know, Mortal Kombat style. But in reality, you're sitting – you're sitting there pondering all the what ifs and you're going through this mental masturbation of, you know, all these different outcomes and you're creating stress on your body. And then you really have no way of dealing with it, you know, physiologically, especially if, you know, you don't have a good, um, work, uh, work, workout balance. Right. So you internalize those. And I think that's what causes us to get sick. Um, yeah, I think, not think, it's been pretty proven that stress is a big risk factor as far as 
health issues and Correct. you know even relationship issues and all sorts of different issues. So I kind of wanted to take this episode just to talk about stress management and the different areas of life. Um, the four areas that I kind of researched a little bit was, you know, your health, your work, um, parenting, and then in your relationships. And I kind of wanted to go through each one of those and maybe have a dialogue back and forth and, you know, different coping, different things that create stress in those areas for you and then how you cope with them or ways that can be coped with. So I think we should start off with um, the easiest one for us because we're already past this uh, phase and we've got some experience, but it's parenting. I wanted to start with parenting because, you know, we've both been there, done that from the little kids all the way through to adulthood. So I think we could talk about that topic a little bit. Sure. When you were a parent Mm -hmm. back in the stone ages, (laughs) (laughs) back in prehistoric times when you were a parent, if you can remember, no, when it was a Jurassic period, get it right. But you you still are, you still are a parent, but when when your children were young, Mm -hmm. what do you remember as some of the big stressors that kind of would cause a lot of anxiety for you? And stress when I was, you know, I mean, as far as when I was like, parenting, or are you talking about like when I was young and I saw my no, no, parents? when you were when you were a young parent and you had oh, okay. like from birth, let's go from birth up to the age of um, school years, you know, like starting school, and then we'll go from you know the beginning of school years up to the point where they turn about sixteen, and then we can go sixteen to current. So. You're a brand new. You just found out you're a father. Okay, you're going to be, you're going to be a father for the first time. Correct. Do you remember some of the stressors that went through your head? I think one of the biggest stressors I had was from pregnancy, even you know, for my wife, you know, mm-hmm. it was the stress of making sure you know the the baby was going to be fine at delivery. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think starting there, that was a huge stress for me because. I was, you know, you always worry as a guy, am I going to have a child, you know, that's either special needs or whatever. Yeah. I mean, because that is a stress. I mean, especially in today's time, it seems like that there's an uptick in that, you know. So, yeah, that stressed me out a little bit, um, making sure I can afford to, like, pay for formula. I was a very young adult, so mm-hmm. money was very tight from my first wife and myself. Uh, we lived paycheck to paycheck. You right. know, so though that living paycheck to paycheck made it super hard, you know, um, at that I was 25 years old, right? you know, so it was a, it was a big deal. So that was stressful balancing out, um, time for each other, um, which we failed at it miserably, you know? Um, but so it was, it was, it was very stressful, you know, on the child level at that point for me. Um, yeah. I remember the moment that I found out that I was going to be a dad because we were trying to have kids. It mm-hmm. wasn't an, like an unplanned situation. Like we we had been married for a little bit and we were looking forward to having a child. I remember the the very moment it was an immediate sense of like jubilation, like excitement. Mm-hmm. But then like internally, it started the dialogue of like, oh, shit. I'm going to have a little mini me running around that I'm going to be completely responsible for. Right. Like this, this little person is going to be um, dependent on me for everything. Yeah. And and, and my brain just went boop. Like it was like, Oh shit. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, no, there's not going to be any more like, just sleeping carefree. Um, and over. what I mean by that was, is like, you know, when you take the, that little bundle of joy home, you know, for the first three days in the hospital, it was kind of like still surreal. Mm-hmm. Number one, I was exhausted because I stayed up, stayed up with my wife at the time um, while she was pregnant or while she was giving birth, you know, for the delivery. And it was like really stressful because it was like right. a long, long, long birth process. And then, um, 
then it, once I had the baby, it was just the checks and stuff like that. And you get to hold it occasionally, but you had all the nurses there and stuff. And then, then comes a day where you're, you know, wheeling them out on the wheelchair and you're putting them in the car for the first time. And you're trying to figure out how to put the fucking car seat together. <laughs> Pardon my language, but back then those were pain. No, I, get it. <laughs> I don't know what they are now, but back then they were a bitch. No, let me tell you something like, and I'll, and I'm, I'm a grandparent. Okay. Yeah. yeah Cause prehistoric. All right. So <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm really old, not, not but really. they are harder now in my opinion. Oh, no, really? Oh my god, dude! I put one in the car the other day, and I literally was yeah. like about to lose my shit. I was just sitting there going, "Why do they make these things so damn complicated?" That's because you have to have like full shoulder harnesses and everything. I mean, it used to be just in my time; it was lap belt. I mean, hell, when I was little, we didn't even get a car seat. They were like, "Sit in the back, oh, bitch." Yeah. You know what I mean? No, <laughs> and, and, and in our day, we were like, "I was." They just, they, just put, they just stuffed you up on the dash next to the like leftover the leftover dinner from last night. Like you're going home here. Like right here, you know, it was like wherever they put you in the car, wherever, wherever you'd fit. It didn't matter, yeah. you know, what if, if you were at a seat or on the floorboard in the trunk, like what, you know, in the hatchback, like that shit didn't matter back in the day. Now, you know, now it mattered during our age. Um, but, I have some very fond memories, Mike, yeah. of being in the, we had like a rounded out back window. Right. And we were going across country. We were going to like back to St. Louis. Right. And I would uh-huh. sit in that back window and just enjoy the sun. I mean, anybody could have just freaking hit us. <laughs> I would have been dead immediately. You oh, know? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like a death chariot when you went through the 70s <laughs> the era. The death it was a chariot. death chariot, man. But yeah. Oh, yeah, so we, we, yeah I had the, we had the station wagon where you're facing the oncoming <laughs> traffic. Like you were facing the car behind you. So every time you stopped at a red light, you were worried the person behind you was not going to stop. You know, I mean, hey, before I, you was, continue, I was a nervous wreck as a kid. Before you continue, I was going to just tap on top of that one too because i remember sitting in the station wagon that back window rolled down mm-hmm. and then you just had nothing but fumes coming <laughs> rolling into the back of oh the yeah station. you were getting gassed out like well well i don't know see my parents smoked heavily when i was a kid so, so it, you were getting fumes, it from both sides so the window the window down was actually like a blessing in disguise for me because you know that was just at least some type of fresh air coming in because you know it was like <laughs> It was like, have you ever seen the movie Gorillas in the Mist? That's kind yes. of what my house was like. You know, oh. it was like just <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't see shit in my house. You know, I'm just laughing though because um, I'm I'm envisioning you riding in the station wagon in the back, and your mom and dad are smoking up like a chimney. And look, all the smoke is going back to you because they have their windows oh, cracked. Yeah. Oh, so 100%, it's all flowing 100%. out the back. Oh, 100%. All that smoke, that's, like- <laughs> that's exactly how it was. That's exactly how it was. Oh jeez, it, it was no joke. Like, but anyway, no- back back on topic <laughs> so, um, so you were talking about the uh the stresses of uh when uh, yes so i knew at that moment that i was never going to get another peaceful night of sleep ever again because now that there's this little human being that i'm responsible for that's my kid i'm going to have i just you know i always slept with like one ear open whereas before like i'd have these like complete deep sleeps like nothing would wake me right and i remember you know the wife getting the baby and bringing it into the bed and like nursing it in the bed and i'd be the whole time i'd be like i can't go to sleep because if i go to sleep i'm gonna roll over i'm gonna kill my kid you know (laughs) and then i'm gonna feel horrible and i'm gonna go to jail and like you know like all these like you know neurotic thoughts would go through my head and keep me awake at night stressful and and i remember the stress and i'm telling you like during the pregnancy because I didn't have a good stress management system in place, I gained about 80 pounds. I went from 180 up to 270 Jesus. during the pregnancy while my wife was getting heavy. And then what was terrible – Technically, you was, got pregnant too. <laughs> yeah, because she was eating for two. And then, which means that I had to eat for two because there's yeah. no way that my plate's going to be smaller than her plate in her eyes. You know what I mean? Because she right. didn't want to feel like she was a big chubby. So, <laughs> you know, um, and then, you know, after we got off the weight or after we got off, after we had the baby, right? like my wife, you know, she lost a lot of the weight having the baby, number right. one. Um, and then number two, as soon as she had the baby, she got um, back on her like fitness routine. Correct. But I was stressing so much about, you know, as a man being a provider for my family now, because my wife at the time was out of work, you know, because she was at home taking care of the kid because we couldn't afford 
childcare. Plus you really didn't, we really didn't want to have childcare for a newborn, you know? Um, so that was out of stress because now I'm in the primary breadwinner, breadwinner, not breadwinner, right. breadwinner. You, you were know, there I'm too, not, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting, I'm not getting good quality sleep at night because I'm worried about the child. I'm worried about right. you know the child's waking us up every couple hours to feed. Um, and the level of stress was just through the roof. Like I didn't realize at the time, I didn't know anything about cortisol and how it affects your system. And I was just out there like eating whatever I could that was put in front of me. You know, I was eating fast food, um, just eating like shit and just stressing nonstop, nonstop. And I wish I would have had somebody that would have coached me through it a little bit better and reminded me like, hey, man, you got to take care of yourself first. So I think that's the hardest thing, too, man. It's like you just said it. It's like having some insight and having somebody on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. giving you a little guidance mm-hmm. yeah um is huge it's so yeah. huge when you're dealing with stress to to not to, i think that the you know a lot of people think asking for help is weakness mm-hmm. but to me when you ask for help that shows that you have strength because you're you don't have the answer to what you're looking to do or for so right. But as a man, you're like, I don't need any help. I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind. But most men, I would, I, I would probably be willing to bet that you know the yard on that. That, that most men will be like, I don't need any help. Yeah, you do, man. Sometimes it's okay, you know, because stress is a big deal, especially yeah. for men. But anyway, I mean, when, continue. You know, we were. It was um, when my daughter was born. It was 2003, which was like it was around the birth of the internet. Um, right. The internet wasn't really a full blown thing yet. Like we were all talking about it, but I don't think I don't think in 2003 it was it was running rampant yet. Um, like it is now, like as far as the level of information that you can get out there right. and how much information you can get. And also it was, it, it was a time where, like you said, um, going and asking for help was like, a, like almost looked like weakness, mm-hmm. you know? So you didn't turn a lot of stuff. And you know, the way I found my stress relief was video games. So okay. when the wife and the baby would go to bed, I would stay up super late at night playing online video games. Um, you know, either through my, I think the, I think the Xbox had come out at that point. I'm not a hundred percent, but I was playing on Xbox and I was also playing on my computer a lot. Right. So now I'm at my office working all day and I come home, you know, eat dinner, hang out with the family for a few minutes. And then I go into my home game room, game area, bedroom that had, you know, TV and shit in it, computer. And I would sit there and play for hours on end, which was terrible for my posture you know, terrible for my eyesight, just all around horrible. And then looking at that blue screen, the blue light all night would cause me to get even worse sleep. And it was a downward spiral um, for a while there. Like up that, the first, I think four years, like was like that. It was like just a horrible experience. And my marriage and everything suffered for it. Cause I just wasn't standing up and being like, you know, a man, like I was literally just being a fat slob, eating Oreos and Swiss cake rolls and playing video games, drinking Coke, hanging out with my buddies online and, uh, you know, not focusing on my body and focusing on my mind. I was just focusing on trying to get it through the days and the stress was just overwhelming. You did say drinking uh, Coke, right? Yeah. Okay. Not sniffing Coke. I was going to say. Well, sniffing, <laughs> about sniffing Coke all or snorting. What Sorry, man, my cat was bothering me and I heard Coke and I went like this. I went, wait, did you just say you sniffed, you did Coke? And then I was realizing, uh, you no, know, you meant drinking. I probably, it. you know, like I'm not condoning drugs, but if I'd have done Coke, I probably had been skinny and I probably would have been able to work through all my problems. You know, maybe. <laughs> it would have been, it would have been a mask. Come on, man. And, you know, it, we'll it, talk it later. It, I'm just kidding. It, yeah, it would, it would have probably alleviated all my fatness and all my, all I have my no problems. Idea. I have no idea what you're talking about, but, <laughs> but, um, so yeah, you know, so stress, like, you know, it's important as a parent to like build in stress management. And then also like, you know, you trend, you transfer your stress onto your children. Correct. Um, because like they see you and if you're in a high stress, high strung situation all the time, that's how they think life's supposed to be. And then they get stressed out because your energy is resonating stress. Um, let me answer something it, to that real quick. Cause you yeah, just made a go. really good point there. Um, you reflect it onto other people if yes. you allow that stress to get to them. Um, a shining example, uh, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to kind of fast track this into the um, teenage years. No, let's like, roll. W- with my kid because yes. I felt like my stress levels 
dramatically increased when he became a teenager. Yes. Um, because I had the stress of them driving a car. So I had to worry about that. Are they smart mm-hmm. enough? Are they smart enough? And in, in they're inexperienced and they're out on the road. So I had that stress level. Then it was right. the stress level of buying the car, insurance for the vehicle. That mm-hmm. brought in the money factor, which created that amount of stress. You know what I mean? Yes. So, you know, I found myself – now I have to really teach him how to be a man, so to speak, and then have also that sex talk, you know? So mm-hmm. that's stressful. I mean it shouldn't be, but it is. It's a little stressful because it's a little weird, you know, because I, I feel like <laughs> over time Americans especially have made sex so da- taboo. You know what I mean? So it was a little weird for me going, oh, my God, I got to have this conversation with him because he's going to start right. being sexually active. He's 13, 14 years old, you know, because that's when you really start thinking about chicks around 12, you know. So those stress levels were really heightened for me during that time because now I had to show him how to use a screwdriver, how to do this. Because, you know, those are the things that like, when dad's not around, you got to learn to do. And he still hasn't mastered them yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's in his 20s now. But it's like, shit, man. I don't know about you, but that's how it worked for me. Oh, 100%. Uh, mine was a little bit different because I had a girl. So right. the sex talk, we had the sex talk, but it was from a totally different angle because, you know, with a guy, it's like, you know, don't don't get anybody pregnant, you know, because you don't want to really get deal AIDS, with it. wear rubbers and yada, yada, you know, yada. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then with a girl, it's like, you know, it, it's like when a guy gets a girl pregnant, there's less – um. I feel like there's less impact on the guy's life because they can still go to school. They can still do, you know, things they need to do. When a girl gets pregnant, there's a time period there where they're going to have to miss school. They're going to have to miss things due to the pregnancy. And then they're going to have the child that they're going to have to nurture and take care of. So with the daughter, it was a lot more stressful having those type of situations, you know, conversations, things like that. Um, (laughs) And those, you know, worries. And then you also got all the added worries of like, you know, them getting abducted. Like I was really worried about that when I was younger. I mean, I still am. Like, it still worries me back in my head. Oh, yeah. Women get sometimes. abducted. I mean, men do um, too now. I mean, now it's really so, both of them. Yeah. So you have like, there's a lot of stress with the parenting and it just changes as you go through. Um, and then, you know, I got to be honest, the best way for me to handle stress was through physical work exertion. Because what would happen is, is, you know, there's two situations that I think lead to problems. One is, you're physically tired, but you're mentally wide awake, which equals no sleep, or no. you're mentally exhausted, but physically wide awake, which also equals to no or poor sleep. So the best combination is, is if you're physically exhausted, in my opinion, is to find something that will mentally exhaust you so you can get good sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the point where, you know, if you journal or if you, you know, write or do something creative or anything that uses brain power, if you're physically exhausted, do something that uses brain power so you can kind of balance it out. You know, that's it. Like if you have a, like a highly physical job, but you're not using a lot of your brain power to do it because it's more physical than it is mental, you could be up late at night because your brain's running a mile a minute, but your body's physically wore out. Correct. You know, so you don't have the like, you know, working out is not going to help solve that problem because you're already physically tired. So you need to do a mental activity um, or on the converse, if you're always doing mental work, which is what what I did. My most of my jobs was very right. mental. Um, I was not doing the physical part, which meant and then when I was coming home, I was playing video games, which were also highly mental. Because it's mostly just mental. I mean, a little bit of you know finger dexterity, but very little physical activity. Right. It's not so like you're my, going outside and throwing a football. I get it. Yeah. So my body would not be tired, and I would be wide, you know, wide awake as far as that. But I'd be mentally exhausted and drained, and feel like I was in a fog. So I think you know a good stress management on that is finding you know the counterbalance, like whatever you're doing that's creating the stress. Look for something on the opposite end of the spectrum to alleviate it. Um, hundred percent, man. I, you you know, know, I was just about to say be, with work, life, things like that, stress, you have to find a balance to get that scale back to where it's level. Because if you have one thing this high and you're not doing this, that stress level just goes completely yeah. through the roof. So finding that middle ground to bring that stress level down, like for mine recently has been, you know, working out, um, yes. you know, something that we talked about you and mm-hmm. I, but you were already doing which is meditation. That's my next yeah. thing is to meditate at night and calm my brain from thinking 
because I have a tendency to be one of those, you know, I'm constantly just the wheels are turning. So yeah. it's really hard for me to turn that off. Uh, so if you're, you know, if you're um, in the mental aspect of the situation, uh, the two things that I've found uh, through my research that seem to help is journaling, writing down what you've done for the day and getting the feelings out of your head to go through it. And then if there's anything that's a sticking point, you can have a discussion with yourself and write it out and meditating works um, as well. But if you're not physically tired and you have a mental job and then you try to meditate, it's going to be very challenging because your body is where the energy is coming from. You haven't worn out your body to allow your mind to calm. Um, I just said, um, which I hate, but anyways, no, it's okay. We'll uh, I, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to step on you, but I was going to say, yeah, you ahead. know, like I said, with my workouts, I've now started to pick up my intensity, you know what yeah. I mean? Cause I notice I'm not getting as physically tired right now, which means yes. I'm not challenging myself there to get that level of physical tired to where I can slow my brain process down because I'm physically mm -hmm. tired now, you know, cause I sit behind a desk all day. You know, yep. so it's like, yep. I know I get up, I start walking every hour on the hour today. I didn't do it. I haven't done it. You know what I mean? I haven't like, normally yeah. I'd be on the hour, you know, going and you know, trying to like get, you know, but I am standing. So there's a difference instead of just yeah. sitting in the chair. Yeah. So like, you know, for instance, like, you know, I remember like growing up, like my dad would come home from work and he had a more of a desk job after he got out of the military. Um, and he'd be mentally exhausted and he'd want to go inside and just lay down, sit down behind the TV and just veg out behind the TV. But mm -hmm. what he should have really done is he should have come outside and played ball with me because that would have probably given him a lot better mental slash physical break. Correct. And wore him out and let him sleep better at night um, than anything else, you know, um, than watching mindless hours of TV because, yeah, it does distract your mind, but your body's still awake and your body's still drain that's why you're up till two or three in the morning because that's that's how long it takes for your body you know you're going on a 20 hour day and then finally your body's like all right i've had enough you know as right. opposed to you know getting that good eight to nine hours of quality sleep because you're wearing yourself out like i've noticed like as i've stepped up my workout routine my energy levels gone way up and my mm -hmm. stress levels gone down um and then so from rolling from parenting, the next thing I wanted to discuss real quick is relationships. Maybe spend five to six minutes on this topic. You know, your significant other can be a great stress relief or they can add a lot of stress to you. Correct. Um, depending on the situation and depending on your personality types and how you got how you interact with your significant other. If you're stressed, you when you're in a level a high level of stress, you have a tendency to argue more with your partner and take out your frustrations and stress on your partner. Um so talk a little bit about how like express stressful situations you've had in the past, you know, and then things like coping mechanisms that you've learned, and then I'll throw a couple of other stuff in there too, maybe. Um I'm gonna be that. honest with you. I, I what I've learned about myself mm -hmm. is a lot of the stresses that I had in my relationships are self-inflicted. Um, and what I mean by that is overthinking and mm -hmm. bad communication, especially lately as of late. Honestly, that's just the God's honest truth. I believe you can cut out the majority of your stress if you learn to communicate with your spouse or your girlfriend or boyfriend, you know, husband, whatever it is, whoever's listening. Um, you know, you always I, I always feel like the stress money is actually, I always say is the biggest stress in a relationship. You know, they'll, they'll say that the money is always the stress, which in some ways I'll agree. If you don't have that money thing and you're stressing about how you're going to pay the bill, it can cause conflict with the relationship. Fortunately, mm -hmm. I haven't had that type of stress, the money stress. It may be a little bit, it trickles in, but I think where my biggest problem was that was creating, creating a lot of stress with my relationship with my wife even is the lack of communication and listening. So it creates mm -hmm. that. Uh, so it starts adding and adding and adding and adding before the next thing you know, it bleeds into other areas. And then all of a sudden now it's out of control. And whose fault is that? Probably both of ours. Yeah. You know, I, I think I go back, I go back again to journaling on this mm -hmm. topic because what I've noticed um, in my own life is that sometimes when I was in high stress, I would come out 
or come to my, you know, come home, um, come out, coming out of the stress, I would come home and I would unload all my stress onto my wife. Correct. You know, I would, I would literally just go off on everything that bothered me during the day, all the shittiness, all the problems. And I would do a mental dump. Yep. Yeah. That's that's probably the best way to explain it. A mental dump. And then basically what would happen is, is, you know, then all of a sudden her personality would change because now she's mentally overwhelmed. She's taking all these things that are bothering me and internalizing them and seeing how, like how they would affect the family, how they'd affect her. And probably about 50% of the stuff that I was worried about was things that may never happen. They were hypotheticals. So again, I found by journaling and having that internal monologue and talking through the situations by myself, you know, um, I've really tried to make it a practice and I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent on it yet. I'm trying, I'm working towards it heavily, it's but okay. to do an end of day recap with myself every day before I go out home to go over all the things that my, my wins, my losses, all the stuff that impacted my day. So that way I can just mentally dump it onto a piece of paper. And then I like if it. there's things that are important, I can make notes of those to go, okay, this needs further discussion. What, which of these problems are hypothetical in my mind and which of these problems are real world? And about 80% of the stuff that was going on was all hypothetical. Correct. So there was no point in even taking that baggage home with me and unloading it at my house and putting the pressure on my wife to, or my friends to be the burden of the, 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 you know, the baggage claim person or the baggage carrier, you know, <laughs> right. carrying all my baggage up to my room. Um, so I found that like, again, journaling and then just doing like an end of day ritual, whatever it is, you can make it up, whatever brings that moment of clarity and like relaxation, just coming up with an end of day strategy. Like for me, my end of day strategy is cleaning off my desk and shutting my laptop that is my end of day strategy. Like once I know, once I clean my desk off and shut my laptop, it's done. Like the day is done. It's good. And I don't open my laptop until the next day. Like that's why I even wanted a second laptop because I wanted a, a personal laptop and then my work laptop. So that way I could have that distinct distinguished, you know, differentiation um, between the two environments. For. Yeah, yep. exactly. And there's a million different things you can use it for. It just Correct. doesn't have to be a laptop. Yeah, it doesn't have to be an electronic pro- device. Personal preference. I just, I wanted something that was differentiated, you know, and looked different right. than my work, my work laptop. So that way I wouldn't have, you know, the tendency to like get right back into work mode. Like I can be in a different space. Correct. Um, even though they share the similar programs, have similar stuff on there and I can access anything from anywhere. It's still a mental break between that and myself. Um, you know, and then doing things with your partner is a great way to alleviate stress uh, and building, taking time. Like one of the big things, you know, parenting and relationships go together. It's making time for your relationship that to help with stress because you have to, even though it's horrible, it doesn't sound spontaneous and horrible. What I mean by horrible is like, it sounds horrible writing, like bookmarking when you're going to have time to be intimate together. Like, Hey, Tuesdays is date night. We're going to do something fun. We're going to spend it and doing something intimate. Now, I'm when I'm saying intimate, I don't just mean sex. I'm just talking okay, about I was just saying physical, right, well, I, like, I like where this was going. Until- physical, <laughs> any type of physical connection. Because it right. doesn't I don't want it, it doesn't need to be no, like I, it doesn't want you don't want it to become robotic. It's like, okay, every Tuesday at 8 15, yes. you know, we're gonna have sex for 15 yeah. minutes. You then know, you can't until build the climax. Intimacy. You know, but it's just like take the time to do something together as a couple to help relieve yep. stress together. Yep. Um, so that rolls over into work because relationships, you know, parenting relationships, work stresses. I think a lot of work stresses in today's day and age, and I know in my world, comes from the inability to control what comes into your work environment. Like we are bombarded through text messages, phone calls, emails, notifications. Um, Is there anything else I'm missing that pops up? I mean, snail mail, like there's so many ways that 
information can bombard us and requests bombard us. And most people want to feel accomplished and try to power through that stuff. But then we don't prioritize what's important and what's not important. So we end up spending a lot of time working on things that are urgent but not important, which means that things that are important that are not urgent are not getting worked on until they become urgent. And it creates a vast amount of stress because you've got that gap. You spent all this time working on stuff that really didn't matter. And now you really didn't focus on the stuff that mattered. Now it's time to focus on that and you got no time to do it. So you're highly stressed. Uh, So one of the big tools that I've learned is the ability to say no. And then the second tool is to delegate. You know, uh, I was listening to an Ed Milet podcast not too long ago. I don't remember the exact show, but um, the speaker that was on there was talking about learning the ability to say no and asking yourself, is this task? serving me for my goals in life and if the answer is no then don't do it good points just don't do it don't accept it don't sign up for it because the other people that are requesting you they will find another solution like you don't have to be their white knight you can be like listen hey i would love to help you but i just don't have the time to do it to the caliber that it requires it to get done and i right. don't want to do a bad job for you so Makes I, total I have sense. to say i have to say no like it, you have you'd to have to appreciate it. and any normal person would appreciate that honesty i mean honestly, right you know that they really would i know i would personally I, I i appreciate the straightforwardness and the honesty i used to have a hard time with the straightforward approach mm-hmm. yep. and i'm not trying to sound like a dick when i say this but when you know when you and i became friends i realized you're such a direct person by nature it's not by nature. Well, it's, whether, uh, whether you grew over it over years or what, I'm just saying you're super direct. And it, it, I've learned that where some people might get offended or mad at you for being direct, that I'm just, I'm like this totally makes sense. And I, it bounces off. I mean, if I don't agree with it, I just don't agree with it. But I, mm-hmm. I struggled with that approach early on, you know, and then I realized, man, that's just part of his personality. You know what I mean? Why am I sitting here going, oh, I want him oh, to be with, like me. With the directness? Correct. What I'm saying is is that I realized I wanted like people to be like me, but not everybody's the same. So the directness, the directness came about – it didn't start off like that. I used to be a huge people pleaser, and I used to be very timid and quiet and reserved. Uh, I'm still quiet and reserved, but I felt – I found out that I was doing people a huge disservice – Right. By trying to sugarcoat things and being passive and beating around the bush. Like it's – and there was a lot of miscommunication happening because I was trying not to hurt people's feelings as opposed to just saying the truth. Correct. You know, or saying what my opinion was. And – I make sure that anytime I do talk to people, I try to give them constructive criticism, not destructive. Like I'm not trying to put the person down. I'm not trying to destroy the person. My goal is to help them get through whatever it is because they obviously came to me for advice, you know, or they came to me to talk about something. So that's my goal is to like, okay, this is what I see and you may not like what I'm going to say, but this is how I see it. And it's, this is a tough love approach. Like, if you do this act now, yes, it's going to suck. It's not going to be easy, but you're going to have a huge reward and a huge payoff in the future. And that was well, something that I've developed over the last 25, 30 years. Like it's not something that I was born with. It's not like right. in my nature. So it it's grew just, with you is what you're it saying. It grew and I'm still honing it. And my goal is just to be the most – give things in the most clear, concise, direct manner even if the person doesn't really want to hear it. Correct. Because they're asking me for my opinion. So it's my it's my opinion. You can choose how you want to implement it or not. Like that's on you. Like that, that at the end 100%. of the day, it's, it's, it's a platter approach, you know. So sometimes I soften it by saying, listen, you know, I love you. I don't care what you choose. Whatever your choice right. you make, I support you 100%. This is my view on it. This is my opinion. Take it or leave it. It's just an opinion. Now I got to my opinion through this research and this this life lesson. So yeah, I'm I was talking say, from or a place, you learned it firsthand. I'm, talk, one or the other. I'm talking from a place of 
ex, uh, expertise. I'm not just talking off my ass, but at the end of the day, it's up to you to do it. You know, it's like, correct. You can, it's old adage. You can lead a, lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. So basically that's what I'm doing. I'm leading you to the water and it's up to you if you want to drink or not, you know? Right. Um, and you may not like it. I mean, it may not be, may not, you may not be in the right place where you need it for at the time. So that's mm-hmm. fine too. Like I don't, and I don't take it personal whether or not the person takes my advice or not. You know? I'll, I'll end that with this note on this one. The thing is, is that, cause you were, you know, you were talking about giving your, your advice. You know, if you mm-hmm. ask for advice or you ask for an opinion from someone, you listen to it. I mean, literally, whether it starts not jiving with you or not, let the person finish, let them have their thing. And then you can either say, hey, I always like this to say, hey, man, thanks for the thanks for the uh, your opinion, your advice. You know what I mean? It doesn't necessarily mean I agree with it, but thank you. How hard is that? You say thank you yeah. uh, because you're there, asking for somebody's opinion. There's only three. There's three things away. There are three ways I qualify someone's opinion. The first thing I do is I look at their their life and their mm-hmm their level of expertise on the topic they're talking about. Like if someone comes to me and they're giving me business advice and they've never owned a business, I'm very, very skeptical on their advice. I'm like, okay, where is it coming from? Then number two, I look at what their source is for where they're getting the advice from because they may not have the expertise, but the source may still be a good solid place. And then the third one is how much do I trust this person to make sure they have the best interest for me in life? Because some people give you advice because they want company in their misery, not because they want you to excel. You know, it reminds me of the book that we read, that moonshot. Yes. When he says – What a great book. What a great book. And and when he said that, you know, you're going to get lots of advice – and mm-hmm. sometimes you're only going to take one or two people out of the five or seven that you, uh, you know, yeah. that you get from. And that's just the truth. It's just the way it is. Yep. Uh, so my question is to you then is what are what are some strategies to dealing with, you know, stress and things of that nature? I mean, I'm sure you my, have some. Yeah, my first. So the first strategy that um, I kind of like to imply is uh, awareness. The first thing you have to do is make is be aware of when you're in stress like when you're starting to feel stress, uh, right. the faster that you can identify that you're feeling stress. Um, for, for me, stress has started manifesting in the physical pains, like in my shoulders and back and neck. Yep. So I know that I'm clenching and I'm pulling like I'm, I'm in a fight. I'm in fight mode. So when I feel myself tightening up and tensing, you know, I take a moment to breathe deeply and try to relax. Um, so the first step is identification. And then the next step is, you know, asking myself, is what's causing me stress real or imaginary? If it's imaginary, instantaneously let it go. It's not real. Deep breath, breath exercises, um, take up to six deep breaths. After the six deep breaths, you should feel a calming sense of, you know, sense coming over you. If it's real, then I assess, okay, what's the threat level of this real stressor? You know, is it something that's going to kill me or is it something that's not super important, but it's still there? You know, if it's going to kill me, then it's immediate action. If it's something that's there, it's it's I then roll it to the next step of where does it fall in the priorities? Does it serve me to take care of this or does it not serve me? If it serves me, then it gets added to the priority list. If it does not serve me, then I get rid of it. So basically what you're saying is analytically, you break it down in your mind first. Right. hundred percent. Have okay. to. Yeah. I was going to say, so analytically and, speaking, you break it down analytically in your mind. And then from that action, and then you start putting together what you need to do to relieve it. During football, um, coach Brody had this, uh, statement that he would make to the players over and over and over again. And it was, it was this, it was sit, read and react. So you sit and wait, you read the play, then you react to the play. Mm-hmm. And that is basically the exact same premise that I do with stress in my life. I sit, I read what the stress is. What a great statement. I react. Like I don't react first. Like I don't, you know, when the snap's going off, I don't immediately run for the quarterback because he may not have the ball in a split second. In life, when I have the stressor hit me, I don't immediately react. I stop. I sit for a second. I read the situation. What is going on? 
And then I react to the, how I need to react, whether it's disregard it or take action. Well said. And then I go through the process. So that's, that's kind of what I've learned in my life. That's been beneficial. And I'm not perfect at it. It's something I'm working at every day. Like I still have stress like everybody else, but you know, the goal is, is the faster you get, the, the better you get at recognizing it, the faster you can go through the steps to get to the solution. And the goal is, is, you know, something that would take you a couple of minutes now becomes a couple of seconds because it's second nature. You know, that's why like military guys are, you know, high level military guys are so good at reacting to situations because they've trained for it. They hear Correct. a loud bang, they react to what the bang is, you know, they read, they read what the bang is and they react in a split second because they've gone through the process over and over and over again in their head. You right. know, they've gone through the process in real life. They've, you know, muscle memory, you know, best fighters in the world, you know, mentally, they're not thinking about the punch coming. They've just dodged so many of those punches. Their body already knows where to go and already knows how to throw the counter. They're not thinking, you know, jab, jab, cross, jab, jab, cross, jab, jab, cross, duck. You know, they're not, they're in the brain's not doing that. They're literally like, they're going to throw the jabs. They're going to throw the cross, you know, they're going to duck the punch and they're going to come with the uppercut because they've done it through repetition. It's the same thing with mental exercises, repetition, yep. you know, so that, you know, there's a lot of resources out there. If you guys are dealing with stress, you know, there's a lot of resources out there. Don't let it linger because stress will kill you. It's something that will affect your overall health. <laughs> it's like the number one leading cause of high blood pressure and other diseases. So deal with it, figure out something to work. And I like to do the yin yang approach. If it's mental, do something physical. If it's physical, do something mental. Um, and just break it down. Is that simple? Well Brad, said. Do you have anything you like well to add? Well said, indeed, hundred percent. And you know, and I'm gonna just add on to this, you know, Mike, before we cut out here with everybody. But I'm gonna add this too, guys, and I can't stress this enough. Okay, <laughs> from somebody from somebody that actually tried to use these methods. Okay, avoid, and I mean absolutely avoid alcohol and drugs of any sort to you relieve that stress. And I, hear me out on this one. Okay, because it's some people go, well, I like to have a drink after work because it winds me down. All it really does is it puts a smoke and mirror over that over that stress level. It's literally just putting a blanket on it. But the minute it wears off and you remove the blanket, it's still there. Mm -hmm. So it's not a really good stress reliever, in my opinion, because I've been there, done that. Instead, how about taking a different approach? Exercise, go on a walk. It doesn't even have to be a workout. It can be a third, a five-minute stroll through the neighborhood and just sit back and clear your mind and, and listen to nature. You know what I mean? Now, do I like to have a drink? I'm not going to be a hypocrite. Do I like to have a, a glass of bourbon? Absolutely. I enjoy it, but I don't use it to break down my stress. I stop doing that. I don't, I don't know if I've ever told you that, Mike, but I don't, I don't, I don't drink to relieve my stress anymore. I yeah. just I find different channels to go get it and to get what I need. I, I figured I am doing the wrong thing. So I, I can't stress that enough, guys. That's what the you need to do. The, the problem with alcohol and cigarettes and, you know, drugs and stuff like that is, is um a lot of that stuff's poison for your body. So while you might get the temporary stress relief, it's hurting you in the long run. Correct. Um you know, and then the problem is, is all of those substances, they, your body builds a tolerance up to it because your body is trying to work at peak performance all the time. So when you introduce alcohol, it starts to learn how to work through that. So that's why you have people that can have one shot and be on the floor passed out and the other person drink the entire bottle and have no side effect from it. I mean, like they're not passed out. They have side effects. Obviously, they're impaired, say, and there's they usually there's that things. usually consists well, of alcoholism. You get, to a, <laughs> you, you, you get to a point where you have to. You're called a functioning alcoholic because if you don't have that fifth of vodka first thing in the morning, you cannot function as a human being. Like I you can't. Your body starts shaking. You have withdrawal symptoms. You know, there's a whole world of problems that comes with that. You know, so if you're, you know, if you put in there like I'm going to come home, like your ritual, like I was talking about rituals. If you're home, you know, it's okay to say, I'm going to come home. I'm going to pour myself one glass of wine. I'm going to have a glass of wine while I sit on my patio and play with my dog. That's okay. It's not, I'm going to open a bottle and drink until I can't think of anything and pass out. That's where it has to stop. And if right. you have an addictive personality, you definitely need to avoid that because it will happen is you want more and more and more and more, well, you know? So, it, and it's mentally more like opening the bottle and grabbing the glass that creates that sense not so much the actual consumption of it. Like, right. you know, it's a, it's a pattern of habits, you know, so switch that for something else, you know, go for well a said. walk, a five minute walk, 10 yep. minute walk, whatever. Try to do something that helps your body, not hurt your body. So 
before we before we jet, uh, throw some last words in, man. I mean, I mean, or was that your final thing you wanted to say? I mean, do you have any um, last I mean, words my, before I mean, you jet I mean, out? For, I mean, for last words is is like even if you don't feel like you're stressed, stop and evaluate your life and see if there's anything that you might be hiding that are stressing you. Because you know we get very resilient to stress. So we may not even know we're under stress, you know, like we just may be manifesting it, you know, with our personalities and our attitudes because we're coping with it and we think we're crushing it. But in reality, the stress is eating us away inside. So it's good to do like check-ins and go, okay, do I feel stressed? Do I feel okay? Like what's bothering me? If it's bothering me, why is it bothering me? Is it real or imaginary? You know, just walk through the process. Uh, There's tons and tons of resources out there for stress management. Some are better than others, but you know, just come up with a pattern that works for you. Good. And, and my last words are real simple. Guys, listen, I, I can't stress it enough. Uh, somebody who was a regular drinker, I wasn't necessarily an alcoholic, but I was a, definitely a functional drinker. Um, I can tell you the minute you get that out of your lifestyle is having a drink every day to relax and things of that nature. I have even cut my cigar intake back. I can tell you, you start feeling a lot differently. Your body responds to it. Um, you start to become a little bit more clear in the mind. Um, you know, taking it, Mike, you said something interesting, and, and, and I, I'm going to include this in my thing. He said, checking yeah. in with yourself. You know, my thing is, it's like, it's a it, check in with yourself at the end of the day, check in and be like, or even in the middle of the day, however you got to do it, check in and be like, okay, everything's going to be cool. You know, um, give yourself a laugh, laugh. I always say laugh more, stress less. That's my yep. thing. So uh, laughter is the best cure. Whether you find it from us, which all you got to do is look at us and we're pretty funny looking. But, um, you know, just whatever it is. Uh, I, had to, got- I had to end it on a joke. <laughs> of course, I always do. Can't, but, can't hey, keep at least it, it wasn't a dick joke serious. or anything like that. All right, buddy. So uh, that being said, seriously, all joking around aside. If you stress levels and you just want to write into the show, even uh, it's info at the dailybm.com. Check us out. Uh, you know, don't forget, you know, you can always go to the website too, dailybm.com. Uh, Mikey, got anything before we get out of here? You want to? Hey, else? everybody. I just want you all to have a great day. Remember to love more, live more, stress less. Well said. That's just a good way to end it right there. Guys, <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. We'll catch you on the flip side. Deuces. <laughs>